guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Single Mums podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today we have a magnificent man from the US. Um, his name is Jay Skibben. He has his own platform called Open the box coaching and um, whenever I actually went onto your your um, Instagram page I saw loads of like parenting ad- advice and single father advice and obviously on my side being a single mom I love 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 getting perspectives from men because I feel like as a single mom when you do meet people they kind of think oh you're just a single mom like maybe you did something wrong but when we see like a single dad I felt like I feel like a lot of people like sympathize and they want to offer more help they're like oh let me help you (laughs) you know so I really want to know a bit about you please tell the audience about yourself and your story and your platform Sure. Yeah. So um, thank you for having me on. My name is Jay Skibbins and I, I am a single parent life coach. So um, the way I got to this point is, you know, I'm a, I'm a single dad myself. I have two sons that are six and seven. They're both like completely amazing human beings. Um, but I, I was raised by a single mom. My dad was not around uh, at all, like from Jump Street. He just, you know, I, I don't, they made their own decisions. Uh, but he wasn't there. And I, like, my mom is an amazing woman. Uh, she loves very much, but I, like, even now, uh, like, I remember we were talking last year at some point and she had just cracked $40,000 as like a yearly salary. And she looked very excited about that. Um, and it's just like, I've always seen how hard my mom works and how much she, she put us first and then there just never seemed to be too much left for her right so and but she's you know she's content but even just we just had thanksgiving and we were talking about it over thanksgiving just how like maybe part of that is she just got so used to not wanting anything for herself Mm -hmm. that she like convinced herself that she's content and like we actually started talking a lot about like what what she could do or what she would want to do like after she retires and like you could tell that she was having some difficulty thinking of things for herself right like what do I actually want to do what do I want to do for me and so for me the the journey and the the purpose of my coaching is to really help people realize that you're in the prime of your life while you're parenting Mm -hmm. so let's take advantage of that let's stop waiting let's stop putting it off because especially as a single parent the best thing you can do for your kids because we all say I want to I want what's best for my kids I want what's best for them I'll do anything to make them happy the best thing you can do is like really optimize your own life yeah no that's that you're so right and we often hear of like empty shell syndrome where the kids grow and they go away and the parents are you know they haven't carved out a life for them and I think it's beautiful for a child to actually see mommy and daddy fulfilling their dreams like if I say that I want to because I when I got pregnant I was doing my master's and I had the opportunity to drop out but I still continued I was working full-time and doing my master's and coming home to cry (laughs) you know (laughs) every single day and I completed my master's and it's so funny that time is time is especially when you have kids you can actually gauge life 
quicker. You just think, oh my God, my child is six years old. Where did six years go? What did I do in this six years that I had my child? You know, so you can just carve out the life that you want. I think that is, I love the ethos surrounding your platform. It's amazing. So how did you go into coaching then? Uh, so really, so I was a teacher for a couple of years and I really enjoyed that, but it just, the, especially the way the schools are set up here, it's it's very much more about what you're teaching them up instead of like who the students are. Um, and that was a that was a hard role for me to be in. Like I just I stuck out. <laughs> um, so like I was very much like let's let's just make it about the kids. Like I don't I'm not as concerned about what I need to teach them as much as like especially because I was doing uh, sixth grade, which is like eleven and twelve year olds. Yeah. So it's like that that age just they just need to be told hey, like, you're okay. All this stuff that you're worried about, like, you're going to be fine. Lots of other people have been through this. And then, like, we'll teach you stuff after that, right? Like, after we get you feeling good about yourself, then I'll teach you some things that you need to know. Um, so I, teaching didn't work out. Um, and I was I was pretty lost for a little while just because uh, I, I had not realized just how much uh, of, like, a mental boost I was getting from kids. Like, they just... I was around 100 kids every day and like you solve problems with them, you see them grow. Um, and it was just such a, I was getting little mini boosts every day. And then like after that was done, I, I tried to find some, something new. I, I, I went into social work because I was hopeful that like that would be an, a better way to help people change and grow. And I kind of ran into a lot of the same problems. So with coaching, what I found, especially 2020 was very tumultuous in the United States, um, especially during the summer, we had like lots of things going on politically, uh, as far as like civil unrest. And what I found was that, especially on Facebook, you couldn't really say anything without somebody jumping down your throat. Like I could say the grass is green and somebody would come back like, no, it's blue. And like, all right, dude, okay, whatever. Like, so what I found was that when I would post like open-ended questions, like what was the, your favorite thing about your childhood or uh, what does forgiveness mean? Or what, like, what was your favorite thing about your mom or dad? That people like really started like coming and answering those questions. Mm -hmm. And I would post them often enough that one, one day I didn't post and somebody like commented on the previous day like, hey, is anybody just waiting around for this guy to ask us a question? And I was like, wow, yes, people, there is a space. People need to be talked to and asked questions in this way. So I kind of started finding, how do I do this, like, yeah. for a job? How do, I, how do I ask questions for a job? And it led me, you know, I listened to podcasts, and um, a few of the podcast uh, hosts that I um, liked a lot, uh, they were coaches, and they were relationship coaches. So I emailed two of them and I was like, hey, I'm really interested in getting into this space. How did you do it? Um, like a month later, one of them emailed me back. Cause I shot for like the top, like, right? Like I, I, it was not just like, you know, yeah. somebody was like a hundred followers. It was like, I, I was going for like, you know I really want to know. Um, and one of them got, me, got back to me and uh, we started talking and she, we talked for like a 45 minute session. And then she plugged me into somebody who uh, helps coaches start out. And I, you know, I got certified at the end of 2020. And here I am a year later, just realizing that like the, 
it, it turned into single parenting, like single parenting and co-parenting is what I know best is what I've been living for almost eight years. And I have a lot of experience and a really good perspective on it that I think that other people could benefit from. Yeah. So what, what, tell us a bit about the title, um, Open the Box Coaching. So that was, to be 100% honest, that was more like the original idea. And I, it's almost like when you have this really good idea and you don't know how it fits yet. Yeah. Um, Open the Box is all about the fact that like as kids, as humans, we're really forced into different boxes you know like we have girls and boys so like girls wear pink boys wear blue boys play with trucks girls play with dolls so like even from babies we're like put into these boxes and like you get into school and you're like let's make sure you're sitting down and being quiet and like you're into that box so it's not to me it was like this idea of open the box coaching isn't that like you need to think outside the box it's really that like you have everything you need inside of you. Like there's nothing that you need to be your best version of yourself that you don't already have. Because if you think back to when we were kids, we were happy, we had imaginations, we, we could play for hours, we could do all of these things we loved so abundantly. So it's all there. But as you grow up, it's, it's kind of like crushed and like smashed down. So open the box is this idea of let's just open that box of you and just like start pulling out that good stuff. Like let's start pulling out that abundance. Let's start pulling out that love because it's there and it's my job to help you see that. That's brilliant. So as um, a parenting coach and being raised by a single mother and being a single father, what have you learned and what advice could you give to someone who actually is a, a single father? So single fathers, single mothers, it's, the thing that I'm really focusing on right now is choose that life. You know, life is all about choices. Life is all about the way that we see the world. So it's perspective, right? And, you know, I don't know anybody that grew up wanting or dreaming about being a single parent. Like nobody was like, oh man, I can't wait to, to do all this cooking and cleaning and disciplining all by myself. It's going to be so great. But the truth of the matter is that this is where we're at, right? This is where we are at. This is what life is. This is the reality. So I just heard somebody uh, use the phrase that forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. And I think that that's kind of like a very powerful statement in the sense that single parenting is like, you know, it, maybe we didn't mean to get here, but we are here. So choose this life. So be intentional about your choices. Like, so my, my big focus right now, single parent on purpose. And what that means is this is a life you can make like pretty much as you want. Like nobody, like you don't have a, if you're a woman, you don't have like a husband telling you how to live, telling you what you can and can't do. If you're um, like a, a man, you, you don't have anybody telling you what you're not able to do. So build the life that you want. And I think that there's, there's specific ways to help with that, but it's really just breaking free and then redefining what it means so redefine what it means to be successful redefine what it means to be a parent redefine what it means to be happy so that it fits your life and fits what you're doing right now brilliant so have you got any helpful tips um in regards to co-parenting because i know that you're an advocate for co-parenting um so my biggest one that I, I'm, I'm really focused on right now is stop justifying your answers um 
I think that uh, you know. So <laughs> I saw your brows furrow. So <laughs> what what <laughs> what I, what I mean by that is a lot of times when we have a co-parent that's a, like, especially one that's like argumentative or doesn't seem to we see it eye to eye on what we can do is give an answer and then justify it like let's say that the agreement is that you uh drop off at your house at 3 p.m and then your co-parents like well uh well i'm going to be there at 245 so could we just uh could i just come in a little bit early and either wait or get my get the kiddo early and a lot of times what will happen is like the parent will justify the answer. Like, no, let's wait. Like let, it's 3 PM because that's what the court says, or because, you know, he won't be ready yet. And what happens is that once you start justifying, that's where the, the argument is. Yeah. It's the justification. Well, like, well, who, who cares? Just get him ready 15 minutes early, you know? And then like you start arguing about the justification instead of the actual thing, like instead of the actual idea and when it comes to communication, it's just be short and be succinct and trust that that's okay. Like this is your ex. So this is not a person like it's, you have to be obviously like respectful of their um, feelings and of them as a person. But I think that sometimes we forget to complete the breakup. So we're still kind of treating them like they're like in this like quasi still relationship area. And it's like, no, this person is your ex. It's more like a business deal at this point. You wouldn't bend over backwards for a business partner. Don't bend over backwards for your ex. Like keep, like, keep your boundaries firm and stick to them. Yeah, so what advice would you give? Because um, in, in regards to me, my son's dad's not involved at all, but I do speak to an array of single moms and I have single moms that are friends. And um, oftentimes when they have an arrangement with their ex and they say, you're coming to pick up Johnny at three o'clock and they don't turn up on Monday, then they arrange again, fine. They don't turn up on Tuesday and on Wednesday and Thursday, Johnny's still sitting by the stairs and the mother then says, do you know what, I'm done. Like you were no longer able to come and see see your child what advice would you give to us a, uh, a woman or a man that that the ex is still kind of controlling their life kind of thing like you as a puppet if you get what i mean yeah no and i, I that idea of controlling their life I, I i've heard a lot of the same things that like you know uh so so there's like three things and maybe i'm not, I'm not gonna say a number yet because I, I don't i haven't fully thought this out yet so we'll see how many things there are at the end but number one a big thing that I hear is that like, I'm trying to get in it, you know what, it's right. Like a lot of times it's a single mom trying to get the, the dad involved. And I'm sure that there are cases where it's reversed, but I haven't come across that very much. So let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Um, understand that like, you can't control or change your co-parent. Like you can't control the other person. So that doesn't, like that doesn't take away what you're able to offer your kid and your kid won't, won't be ruined. It won't be like, it won't be a detriment if they see the reality of who their parent is. A lot of single parents will try to shield their kid. Like, Oh, I don't want him to know or her to know what their dad or what their mom is really like. It's better that they do. Like it's better that there's not this false sense of, like dad's a superhero, he's just off, you know, fighting bad guys instead of coming to see me, right? Like your kid will be able to take it if you tell them the truth. 
like your kid will respond to the truth much better than any sort of lie or excuse that you make. So number one is be as honest as possible. Like, you know, if they're four, don't tell them that like dad's an asshole, but like, you know, you, you, you give them the four-year-old version of it. Um, but two, the, the, the idea behind the firm boundaries is, is so important because a lot of times the co-parent who doesn't show up on time or doesn't show up when they say they will is that that's just who they are. So that means like as a kid growing up, their parents might not have held their boundaries or, or, or delivered consequences in a good way. A mom that I'm working with right now, we're realizing that like he will say and do anything to kind of get back on her good graces only to disappoint her again. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, he'll, he'll try to smooth things over and then he'll like come back and like argue with her about something. Um, and with parents who the one parent isn't showing up on time and keeps getting second chances and keeps getting this and that, they know that they'll always get a chance. Yeah. So what happens is the best thing you can do for your kid, which is again, what we're always talking about and what people always say, the best thing you can do for your kid is set a firm boundary for the other parent and stick to that, right? Because if the other parent knows that they can make plans and then bail and you'll give them another chance, what's the motivation to ever not bail? That's true. And it, I just, for real, like, I know, and this is why, like, you probably, like, you'll, you haven't ever seen on my page anything that's, like, father's rights activist or, like, parents alienation person, just because I don't ever, like, I've never heard a story where, like, one parent is keeping the other parent away without some sort of reason. Like, let's, let's dig into that reason. So, like, I think that some moms are scared to do something like that because they don't want to come off like they're keeping the dad away. But if what they do actually helps the dad step up or, or become better or honestly do anything to not continue to bail, that's actually better for the kid. So if I have, if if my co-parent was ever like, Hey, I'm going to come pick up the kids and then they didn't do it. I I'm upset for me. I'm upset for my kid. And it's like, this has to change or you're not going to get another chance, you know? And it's, you don't have to say it in a mad way. You don't have to say it like full of emotion. It's just like, this is just the reality of the situation. Like, I want you to see your kid. I want you to do better too. Mm-hmm. And then like the last thing is I never, I, even though my co-parent is pretty great and she's consistent and like, we get along pretty well. I still never tell the kids anything until like, we're literally about to do it. <laughs> like I never, I never. Good, that's a very good tip. Yeah. That's a good tip. Oh, like even with this me, cause one of the things I hate more than anything is telling my kids that plans fell through. Mm. Like I just, I, even if it's my fault, like I would rather it be my fault, but like, even in those moments, like I, even if I go to the trampoline park and it's my plans, like I still don't want to tell them too far in advance because if I, I just don't want to deal with that. And then if it was my co-parent, no way, no way am I telling them like a week away that like, oh, mom's going to come get you. Because what there's a million things that could happen, and if yeah, I I like maybe I should have started with that one, but but like don't tell them. Like I guess that don't tell them. 
And it's amazing what kids actually remember as well. Like they will, even when you make a plan with a child, they are so excited and they're just, you know, my, my son, he's 10 now, but he still remembers when he was five years old because he asked for a Power Ranger train. Okay. And um, I bought him so many things. I think I, I overcompensate because I'm a, a single mom guilt. You buy so much. And um, so I give or take, I think I spent like $300 for his for his um christmas present but i couldn't find the power rangers train still till today he says mommy can you remember you promised me a power rangers train and you didn't buy it like he was still (laughs) and he is 10 now so it's just so weird how like kids kind of latch on to certain things so you just have to kind of protect yourself protect your heart and i like that don't tell them anything until it's completely solidified yeah i mean i can really because Because then, because one of the big things, I don't like answering for my co-parents. Like, I'm not going to like, oh, like, mom, mom's really sorry that she couldn't make it. I don't know if mom's sorry. Like, maybe mom, like, not to, like, not to speak, because, again, I get along with mine very well. But, like, if I had a different co-parent, like, I don't know if she's sorry or not. I don't know if it's actually kind of a relief that she doesn't have to do this. But, like, I don't ever, I don't speak for them, you know? So, it that way I don't have to I just don't put myself in those positions like if I don't have to do that I don't want to so what are co-parenting red flags because I saw that on your on your page um co-parent so that was like that the idea behind the the red flags is just more like how do you know that you need probably some like help or some like when you should seek out so it's like honestly not being able to look your co-parent in the eyes huge thing like if you can't make eye contact with your co-parent like you got to do some more healing. Like you got it. Like you got to figure out what's behind that because I, that's a, that was a personal. I, honestly, all of those were personal, but like that one was a big personal one for me because there was just a level of like anger for me uh, that like I I couldn't look her in the eyes and like when I could, I knew that like that was like we started getting along better and like that was a major turning point in our relationship. Was like yes, okay, I can actually look you in the eyes. I can make eye contact. Um, and that was just a level of respect, right? There was just a level of like, if I can do this, I respect you a lot more than I, I did before. Um, and then um, I think that another one was the idea of, um, oh, like uh, kind of like wearing certain things around them or like uh, when, they, when, they, when they do stuff that like they used to do that like either got you thinking or, uh, like some of their old tricks, you know, everybody has their little tricks, especially when you were dating or when you were trying to get back together. Cause you know, most people who split have uh, those things that they kind of hold on to. Like maybe if I do this, he'll notice. Or maybe if I do this, she'll notice. Like once they're like, you can start calling those out, that really helps to, to, uh, to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like, no, just there, there's some certain things that it's, it's good to, it, it's good to be self-aware so that you can catch those things in the moment. So as a single father, um, what are some parenting tips you can <laughs> give us? Uh, structure. Uh, to me, structure is the biggest thing. Um, at home, uh, if your kids know what to expect and know what's coming next, it helps with their behaviors. It helps with their expectations. Um, so as far as like, you know, as we talked about earlier, you're the single parents, so like you, the cooking, the cleaning, um, it's all on you. So knowing ahead of time what you need to do. So like we have a, a cleaning schedule where it's just like 
one or two things that we're going to do every day so that the cleaning doesn't get out of hand. Um, so like Mondays, we do the floors because we have hardwood floors. Um, Tuesdays, it's uh, the bathrooms. Wednesdays, it's like, uh, I think vacuuming and laundry. And then Thursdays is like to wipe down everything. And then Fridays is like uh, windows and glass. So we do all that. So that way, like we spend 15, 20 minutes like cleaning that specific thing. So that way it's not just like, all right, on Saturdays, we're going to like clean for two or three hours because mm -hmm. it's, and my kids are six and seven. It's pretty hard to get kids to clean for more than 15 minutes. So like it's either me having to do everything or I could do a little bit per day. Um, and then we also have a very similar schedule as far as um, activities that we do. So um, they're, they're with me the majority of the time. So um, Mondays, we usually go out to eat. Tuesdays, um, I have a dad's group that facilitates. They usually have a friend over during that time. Wednesdays, we uh, do book clubs. We read a book together, like a longer chapter book. Thursdays is movie night. Um, Fridays uh, are more like an adventure. Like we just like either go out um, to like the trails or something like that. And then Saturday is video games. So it's like each day we know what we're doing so that like, again, when your kids can look forward to something and they know what's coming, it's, it's a benefit to them. And then honestly, one of the biggest things as a single parent, the less we have to think, <laughs> the less we have to plan, the better. So like, if you can just wake up and know what you're going to do that day, it eliminates a lot of distress. And like single parenting is tiring already, but if you're always constantly thinking or having to make it up in the moment, it's going to go a lot worse. So with that, um, in regards to creating structure, because I know that on your page, you talk about, um, methods of becoming a better parent would you advise that just creating a structure for kids and for yourself that's the best way to become a better parent because I think ideally as a as a parent you want the best for your child you don't want them to be sitting at the therapist's office saying my mom my dad did this that's why I'm like this and I can't have a solid relationship so we we as parents we want the best for our kids so um what advice would you give <laughs> to a parent that is kind of trying to create a structure but it, uh, when you say structure, actually, let me just put, place this point. I feel like the pandemic has kind of put everything up in the air that we can't even really plan a day because it's just been so crazy. And I just feel so bad for the kids growing up in a time such as this because it's just like, oh, my God, we're so advanced with technology, TikTok and Instagram and all of that stuff. And yet we have a whole pandemic. <laughs> so how can we create structure in uncertainty right now well and honestly that that's where this idea was that it was born was like because especially like the activities to do every day was simply because during covid during quarantine the days were just like bleeding together and it was like oh my gosh like i've got to just i've got a parent for 15 hours a day i mean my kids got up at like 7 a.m and they go to bed well, maybe like 14 but like you know it's I was parenting for so long and the days were running together that it was like, how do I know, how do I know what we're doing? How do I, how do I feel good about this? And I was like, for me, like the, the parent guilt was like, how do I feel good about this time that we're spending together? If we have this much time, I, yes, I know that like, there's a level of like, yeah, if you just survive it, that's enough. But like, after a while, it's like, all right, well, I've survived it. I know that I know we're going to survive. So how can I improve it a little bit? And that's where the structure really came in was like kind of 
being intentional about breaking up the days. So if we're going to spend all of this time at home, let's, let's not try to do everything every day. And that was a big shift for me. It was like the, the cleaning schedule was the same thing. I was like, every time I cleaned, I felt like I was going to have to clean everything. So if we started cleaning, I was like, well, I'm starting the kitchen and then we're going to do the bedrooms and then we're going to do the floors. And I was like, no, like we, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So like, mm -hmm. if I do one thing intentionally every day, that leads to that structure. And then it also leads to like, at the end of the night, just be being able to be like, all right, I feel accomplished today. I got done the thing that I needed to get done. Because if you try to do everything every day, at the end of the night, you're only thinking about what you didn't do. Yeah. right you're thinking about oh well we didn't get to the bathrooms we didn't read the book we didn't play that game but if you only needed to clean the kitchen and then you only needed to read the book that's good and then you know that tomorrow you'll do two more intentional things and to me that's where the structure comes in and this is also like this is what's worked for me and what I really help parents understand is that like the system can be changed for anybody so I really want parents to lean into what they already do well like I, I worked with one mom that she was like very like goal oriented and structured and like process driven at work but then when she came home she was like scared to do that same thing with her kids she was like oh I don't want to be the mean mom I don't want to do this or that I don't want to I don't want to be a boss at home but like she was actually really good at those things yeah. and her kids like kind of craved a, a little bit of that boss at home so like just lean into that do a little bit more structuring like lean into your strengths mm -hmm. and she like just actually reached out a couple weeks ago that was like hey like I've been trying that a lot more and it's actually working out and the kids have responded well to it so for me when I like what I want for parents is like do what works well for you and do what you do well because if you try to do what somebody else does well it's gonna fail yeah Brilliant. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media, Jay? Uh, honestly, just uh, I, I operate mostly out of Instagram. So like uh, Jay Skibbins uh, is my Instagram handle. That's where uh, you can link uh, to to sign up for an appointment if you're interested in one on one coaching or um, I'm launching group coaching in December. Um, so that like that will be like my one on one coaching is very in depth and like uh, we just work together. Group coaching is going to be um, much more of a community base, and that's I'm excited for that. So that'll be a really good thing to to be on the lookout for next month. All right, tomorrow, <laughs> December's tomorrow. So I mean, I'm I'm launching it next week. So it's uh, it's that's going to be a really exciting thing for me too. So Instagram is the number one way to find me. That is brilliant. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I was excited to be here. Yeah. When I get